Section 93 of Norway, Sweden, Denmark, Iceland, Greenland, and the Search for the Poles. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Avai in September 2019. The World's Story, Volume 8. Norway, Sweden, Denmark, Iceland, Greenland, and the Search for the Poles. Edited by Eva March Tappan. Section 93. Escaping from a Glacier. By Dr. Isaac I. Hayes. During the absence of the captain and myself from the vessel, the artists had not been idle. They had landed near the glacier, and with brush and camera had begun their work. The day was warm, the mercury rising to sixty-eight degrees in the shade, and the sun, coming around to the south, blazed upon the cold, icy wall. This must have produced some difference of temperature between the ice touched by the solar rays and that of the interior, which was in all probability several degrees below the freezing point, for towards noon there was an incessant crackling along the entire front of ice small pieces were split off with explosive violence and falling to the sea produced a fine effect as the spray and water spurted from the spot where they struck scarcely an instant passed without a disturbance occurring of this kind it was like a fusillade of artillery now and then a mass of considerable size would break loose producing an impression both upon the eye and ear that was very startling by one o'clock everybody had come on board to dinner, and for a while we all stood on deck watching the spectacle and noting the changes that took place with interest. It was observed, among other curious phenomena, that when the ice broke off the fractured surface was deep blue, and that if any ice, as sometimes happened, came up from beneath the water, it bore the same colour, but after a short exposure to the sun the surface changed and became almost pure white, with the satin glitter before described. Our situation for a view could not have been better chosen, and it is not likely that such an opportunity was ever enjoyed before by explorers, since it is not probable that a vessel ever rode before at her anchor so near a glacier. After dinner the work was to be resumed. The photographers hastened ashore hoping to catch an instantaneous view of some tumbling fragment, which, if they could have done, would certainly have exceeded in interest any other view they had secured. The question of moving our anchorage was deferred to the captain, who decided to go over to the other side when the artists had been put ashore with their tools. Steam was indeed already up. The boat had reached the shore for this purpose, and had shoved off for the ship, leaving the artists on the beach, and the order had been given by the captain to up anchor, when loud reports were heard one after another in quick succession. A number of large pieces had broken off, and their fall disturbed the sea to such an extent that the vessel began to roll quite perceptibly, and waves broke with considerable force upon the shore. Then, without a moment's warning, there was a report louder than any we had yet heard. It was evident that some unusual event was about to happen, and a feeling of alarm was generally experienced. 
casting my eyes in the direction from which the sound proceeded the cause of it was at once explained the very centre or extreme point of the glacier was in a state of apparent disintegration here the ice was peculiarly picturesque and we had never ceased to admire it and sketch and photograph it a perfect forest of gothic spires more or less symmetrical gave it the appearance of a vast cathedral fashioned by the hands of man the origin of these spires will be readily understood to be in consequence first of the formation of crevasses far up on the glacier and secondly by the spaces between them widening and sharpening and rounding off by the action of the sun as the glacier steadily approaches the sea at the base of these spires there were several pointed arches some of them almost perfect in form which still further strengthened the illusion that they might be of human and not of natural creation at the extreme point there was one spire that stood out quite detached almost from the water's edge to its summit this could not have been much less than two hundred feet high i had passed very near this while crossing over in the boat and the front of it appeared to extend vertically down to the bottom in the clear green water for the muddy water of the southern side did not reach over so far i could trace it a long way into the sea i had little idea then how treacherous an object it was or i would not have ventured so near for i was not more than a boat's length from it the last and loudest report as above mentioned came from this wonderful spire which was sinking down it seemed indeed as if the foundations of the earth were giving way and that the spire was descending into the yawning depths below the effect was magnificent it did not topple over and fall headlong but went down bodily and in doing so crumbled into numberless pieces the process was not instantaneous but lasted for the space of at least a quarter of a minute it broke up as if it were composed of scales the fastenings of which had given way layer after layer until the very core was reached and there was nothing left of it but we could not witness this process of disintegration in detail after the first few moments for the whole glacier almost to its summit became enveloped in spray a semi-transparent cloud through which the crumbling of the ice could be faintly seen shouts of admiration and astonishment burst from the ship's company the greatest danger would scarcely have been sufficient to withdraw the eye from the fascinating spectacle but when the summit of the spire began to sink away amidst the great white mass of foam and mist into which it finally disappeared the enthusiasm was unbounded by this time however other portions of the glacier were undergoing a similar transformation influenced no doubt by the shock which had been communicated by this first disruption other spires less perfect in their form disappeared in the same manner and great scales peeling from the glacier in various places fell into the sea with a prolonged crash and followed by a loud hissing and crackling sound then in the general confusion all particular reports were swallowed up in one universal roar which woke the echoes of the hills and spread consternation to the people on the panther's deck this consternation increased with every moment 
for the roar of the falling and crumbling ice was drowned in a peal compared to which the loudest thunder of the heavens would be but a feeble sound it seemed as if the foundations of the earth which had given way to admit the sinking ice were now rent asunder and the world seemed to tremble from the commencement of the crumbling to this moment the increase of sound was steady and uninterrupted it was like the wind which moaning through the trees before a storm elevates its voice with its multiplying strength and lays the forest low in the crash of the tempest the whole glacier about the place where these disturbances were occurring was enveloped in a cloud which rose up over the glacier as one sees the mist rising from the abyss below niagara and receiving the rays of the sun hold a rainbow fluttering above the vortex while the fearful sound was pealing forth i saw a blue mass rising through the cloud at first slowly then with a bound and now from out the foam and mist a wave of vast proportions rolled away in a widening semicircle i could watch the glacier no more the instinct of self-preservation drove me to seize the first firm object i could lay my hands upon and grasp it with all my strength the wave came down upon us with the speed of the wind the swell occasioned by an earthquake can alone compare with it in magnitude it rolled beneath the panther lifted her upon its crest and swept her towards the rocks an instant more and i was flat upon the deck borne down by the stroke of falling water the wave had broken on the abrupt shore and after touching the rocks with its crest a hundred feet above our heads had curled backward and striking the ship with terrific force had deluged the decks a second wave followed before the shock of the first had fairly ceased and broke over us in like manner another and another came after in quick succession but each was smaller than the one preceding it the panther was driven within two fathoms of the shore but she did not strike thank heaven our anchor held or our ship would have been knocked to pieces or landed high and dry with the first great wave that rolled under us when it became evident that we were safe our thoughts naturally flew to our comrades on the shore to our great joy they too were safe but they had not had time to clamber up the steep acclivity before the first wave had buried them flinging themselves flat upon the ground when they discovered that escape was hopeless and clinging to each other and to the rocks they prevented themselves from being carried off or seriously hurt one had been lifted from his feet and hurled with much force against the rock but excepting a few bruises he was not injured and with much fervour thanked heaven that it was no worse he had indeed abundant cause had the party not been favoured by the rocks which were of such formation that they could readily spring up from ledge to ledge they must have all perished the wave before it reached them had expended much of its force if they had been upon the beach and received the full force of the blow they would inevitably have been killed outright or drowned in the undertow their implements bottles plates everything were either gone or were a perfect wreck fortunately their cameras were upon the hillside and beyond the reach of the wave 
where they had used them in the morning. The boat also was safe. She had been hauled out some distance from the shore, and by putting her head to the waves she rode in security. The agitation of the sea continued for half an hour after the first wave broke upon us. This was partly a prolongation of the first disturbance, but proceeded mainly from the original cause still operating. The iceberg had been borne amidst the great confusion, and as it was the rolling up of the vast mass which sent that first wave away in a widening semicircle, so it was the rocking to and fro of the monster that continued the agitation of the sea, for this newborn child of the arctic frosts seemed loath to come to rest in its watery cradle. And what an azure gem it was! Glittering while it moved there in the bright sunshine like a mammoth lapis lazuli set in a sea of chased silver, for the waters all around were but one mass of foam. I measured this iceberg afterwards and found its height above the surface of the water to be one hundred and forty feet, which, supposing the same proportions to continue all the way down, would give a total depth of eleven hundred and twenty feet, since the proportion of ice below to that above is as seven to one. Its circumference was almost a mile. No wonder that its birth was attended with such fearful consequences. The part which had been the top of the glacier had become the bottom of the iceberg. The fragment, when it broke off, had performed an entire half-revolution. Hence it was that no part of it was white. But as the day wore on, the delicate hue which it first showed vanished, and before the berg finally disappeared down the fjord, it wore the usual opaque white, which distinguishes its older brothers who have drifted in Baffin's Bay for perhaps a score of years. As may well be supposed, we did not wait for another iceberg to catch us in such a defenceless situation. Our jolly captain was now quite content to own that he held glaciers in profound respect, and lost no time, therefore, in picking up his anchor. Then, as soon as our bruised and thoroughly drenched artists were brought aboard, the panther wheeled upon her heel and steamed over to the opposite side, where, at a more respectful distance, anchorage was found which promised safety if the glacier should take upon itself once more to perform such fantastic freaks as the one of which we had like to have been victims, and we had no mind now for another such dangerous encounter. End of section 93